December 19th, India 36 all out. December 29th, India won at the MCG. January 11th, India batted 131 overs to seal a legendary draw at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Greatest ever comeback in the Indian cricket history. Yes, we witnessed one of the greatest ever comebacks. Hi there. Welcome to episode 24 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. This is me Neha Shetty and I'm so glad to have you all listening in. This episode is all about India's legendary draw versus Australia in the very exciting Border Gavaskar trophy. This match will forever be etched in our memory for the sheer grit and determination displayed by the Indians and so much more to reflect on. We will be talking about the turn of events prior to the third test, Australia's first innings batting, Steve Smith's delightful knock, India's bowling, India's batting in their first innings, Australia's confident declaration, India's opener showing some class, India's batting, the curious case of Steve Smith, the unfair criticism of Pujara. Additionally, we'll be focusing on Rishabh Pant, Vihari and Ashwin's resolve and India's long injury list and what it means for test 4 and the replacements. Let's get started first up with the pre-test fiasco and the bio bubble breach. Rohit Sharma, Navdeep Saini, Prithvi Shaw, Shubman Gill and Rishabh Pant were placed in isolation after a video surfaced them eating inside a Melbourne restaurant on New Year's Day. Now the Australian and the Indian cricket boards investigated the alleged breach of biosecurity protocols with the president suggesting that the players might not be selected for this test as they would be obvious health hazards. So this basically started when a fan who identified himself as Navaldeep Singh tweeted pictures and videos of the cricketers who were having a meal at the restaurant. Then it was proven that there was no breach in biosecurity protocols and as they tested negative they still played in the match. Now it becomes important to understand that everyone associated with the Indian team is well aware of the protocols and this simply seemed like a malicious spin by a section of the Australian media and yeah this started after their humiliating loss. Let's now look at Australia's first innings. Australia won the toss and like any other team that wins the toss and tests ba- decided to bat first. Now the rain delay was a little annoying but with David Warner returning partnering Will Pakowski a solid opening stance was ex- expected but that that is not the case as Warner was dismissed for 5 but Pakowski put up a well crafted 62 for a debutant and he looked so confident Smith once again found his touch scoring a 131 and we got to see some exceptional boundaries Labushan once again played a solid second fiddle scoring a 91 Jadeja threw down the stumps to that run out of Steve Smith in the first innings which was so brilliant i mean his run to pick up the ball and then hit it directly to the stumps shows why he is one of the best fielders in world cricket but the celebrations were that little bit more boisterous i mean it showed how the team has been not at the best with respect to their fielding but this was certainly a masterpiece that we got to see the rest of their batting was however mediocre barring the 24 that stark made but owing to the excellent line and length displayed by the indian bowlers and the fielding too we really restricted them But 338 on the board meant a stiff total for India and to get there would be an arduous task but Australia still made the most of good batting conditions on a rain shortened first day 
to talk about india's bowling india was bowling considerably well and we have to keep in mind that this is not the first choice set of bowlers but owing to the unfortunate nature of injuries that we have had in the recent past we still had a very good bowling lineup that was actually bowling so well bumrah and saini took two wickets each jadeja start taking four crucial wickets and siraj with his solitary wicket and two run outs also rocked the australian ship Indian bowlers toiled hard on a wicket that was actually good for batting and the team might have been in a better position had they taken all their chances. Catches win matches. Can't stress on this enough. I mean almost this feels like a series that has been defined by the chances that have been dropped compared to the ones that have been taken. India was poor in the first test and Australia returned the favor in the second and Pant continued the trend by dropping Will Pukowski early on. Now Australian opener Pukowski was dropped twice by Pant first of Ashwin on 26 and then of Siraj on 32 he went on to make his 50 but Pant also single-handedly kick-started the whole wicketkeeper batsman versus batsman wicketkeeper debate again now it is common knowledge that Saha is like a vastly better keeper than Pant against spin but the indian team usually opts for Pant away from home taking into account the risk he represents still in good batting conditions where the bowlers have worked so hard to create the opportunity such dropped chances obviously hurts the debutants navdeep saini and will pukowski the right hander showed he was at ease against pace and spin he does have that exaggerated movement towards off stump much like smith and labushan but he has also scored big runs in domestic cricket using that technique is and he is actually an asset for the australian team Still it is just the beginning and top teams in international cricket will look to break him down with the short ball and the full ball that will trap him leg before wicket which is exactly what India's debutant Navdeep Saini managed to do Now he came into the playing level for the injured Umesh Yadav but it was a while before he actually got the ball in his hand He was a little short to begin with in his spell and the first two balls in his test wicket were hit for fours conveniently by Pukowski but he started making a correction towards the end of his spell he got pukowski with a ball that tailed into the batsman for most of his spell he had been bowling around the mid 130s but this particular delivery saw him kick it up into the 140s that actually got india the crucial breakthrough india's first innings batting now india was into bat and we had shubman gill and rohit sharma the new openers for team india They gave India and perhaps the first 50 runs opening stand in as many as 14 innings as we have struggled to find a solid opening pair Gill and Pujara with their 50s were the only positives for India on an otherwise okay display As India crashed to 244 all out in the Sydney test the focus once again shifted to India's bizarre approach to batting in away tests those 244 odd runs just came off in 100.4 overs on a pitch that wasn't exactly poor for batting the odd ball did do something but most experts reckoned that it was a new ball pitch and the batting should have gotten easier after that batting should have been at the easiest at this point but not showing any intent to score runs indian batsmen once again shot themselves in the foot shubman gill has been really impressive both the innings he batted on would see how he was fluently tackling the aussie pace trio of stark cummins and hazelwood i'd i think like to bring this very important point of the unfair criticism directed towards pujara and the comments on his intent 
Now all eyes invariably moved to Pujara who made his slowest 50 ever in test cricket before being dismissed for 50 of 176 balls. We're looking at a strike rate of 28.41. Now from 85 for 2 after 32.1 overs when Gill was dismissed, India crawled to 142 for 4 after 67.2 overs when Vihari was dismissed. That is 57 runs in 35.1 overs for the loss of two wickets when the ball wasn't new and hard. Now some argued that this is exactly how Pujara plays, and others felt that the rest of the batsmen need to score at a better rate in order to tackle this. A few even grumbled about how Pujara needs to be more aware of the match situation. Still, there were a lot of people who started comparing him to Rahul Dravid and said that the former India skipper at least had. a few more strokes at his disposal but i don't think that's exactly true now pujara has a high career strike rate than dravid but perhaps our cricketing sensibilities are a product of the times as well right i mean with the matches hardly going the full distance these days pujara's efforts comes into focus even more the thinking for most batsmen is that if you are in you need to make the most of your time at the pitch now in pujara's case it was maybe even in dravid's case that that thinking comes when you you know try to stay for as long as possible to grind the bowlers and make the most of the situation now pujara on the other hand he looks to take that initiative against spinners but away from home against pace he waits for the bowlers to come to him if they as the indian as the australian bowlers have been in the series they can stay away from pujara's zone but then there are just no runs on offer they can keep banging it in like short of a length and and pujara will continue to defend that with absolutely no worries and patience isn't an issue for him because for but for the batsman at the other end it is perhaps proving to be now i think ordinarily in test cricket uh strike rate shouldn't make that much of a difference right but i think this becomes a talking point because uh if if one can recollect kohli's words in the press conference after the adelaide defeat he spoke about how they probably didn't have enough intent in the batting and it is something that has to be learned and reflected from this is what kohli said now with pujara in the middle there is no denying that the run scoring does become more of a chore and he has his own method like you know dravid does he figures a way out to make the most of his time at the crease but i feel just let him be he is a premier batsman and we just need to let him do what he does the best Australia's mighty declaration in the second innings. Australia was entering the second innings already with a lead of 94 runs and they looked in full command. They looked confident of inflicting a major lead on India. They did so by setting India and imposing 409 runs to win, bolstered by the brilliant 84 and 81 scored by Cam Green and Steve Smith. At tea, Australia declared 312 for 6. but they certainly did not see what was coming and what a turn around the match would witness let's now focus on india's batting and the vihari ashwin show they resumed day 5 at 98 for 2 having lost both our openers we still had pujara and rahane out there needing a further 309 runs after being set a huge 407 to win when australia declared their second innings at t on sunday for 312 for 6 Now no team had better 288 to clinch victory in the fourth innings at the Sydney Cricket Ground with Australia achieving that mark against South Africa in 2006. But India again gave it a massive go passing 288 in the final session to fray the nerves of the Australian team who 
team who was throwing everything they had at them. The visitors abandoned any hope of victory, but they bravely clung on for the draw with Hanuma Vihari, who was nursing a hamstring injury, and he survived 161 balls for 23 runs, and Ravi Ashwin, who had treatment on his ribs, making a gritty 39. They steered India to 334 for five at the close, just 73 runs adrift. Their resistance was built on the back of an explosive 97 from Rishabh Pant and a typical gritty 77 from Cheteshwar Pujara, who passed 6,000 test runs. But they were also helped by Tim Payne, who dropped three catches. Australia did manage to remove the opener Shubman Gill and Rohit Sharma for 31 and 52 respectively before stumps on day four. And when Nathan Lyon accounted for captain Ajinkya Rahane, who did not add to his overnight total of four. Uh, in monday second over the end seemed near but pant did, had other plans he took who pant had a nasty blow to his elbow while batting in the first innings but he didn't keep wicket on sunday and he surprisingly came in to bat at number 5 ahead of vihari and produced some fireworks he came to the bat with no strapping on his hurt elbow and after settling in and surviving a missed catch by tim payne on 3 he just began to hit out smacking a 4 and a 6 of lion on consecutive balls batting in the t20 style he then clobbered two more sixes of lion before bringing up his third test 50 of just 64 balls He kept the scoreboard ticking over after lunch, and a third century looked eminent for the 23-year-old to throw his bat one time too many, caught by Pat Cummins of Lyon. His wicket shattered a brilliant 148-run partnership with Pujara, who resumed the day on nine and slowly reached a consecutive 50. Now this left Vihari and Ashwin to weather the storm, and man, did they do that, battling their own injuries. Harsha Bogle said this one thing and I think it makes so much of sense. He said India has got one batsman, one hamstring and one hand to save the game. That's a lot of bravery and he summed it up pretty well. I'd also like to talk about Steve Smith's incident. Now Steve Smith was spotted scruffing up the batting mark on the final day of the third test. Smith did this during the drinks break while the Indian wicketkeeper Pant was on a roll and the hosts were I think under a bit of pressure because they had obviously spilled a lot of chances. After the drinks break was over Pant can be seen you know taking his guard again. In the video we can clearly see Smith doing it and it is very unfortunate to see a player of his caliber do that. But Tim Payne defended him, you know, saying that there was no intention of Smith to do that, except he was just visualizing himself bat, and that there was no deliberate action on Smith's part. But this did not go down well with Twitter, and experts criticized him as well. Talking about Rishabh Pant, he has been exceptional with the bat. No one's taking anything away from him, but his keeping has come under the scanner. One can argue that there is not a lot to choose between Ishan Kishan, Sanju Samson, and Pant as batsmen. Pant's struggles behind the stumps represent an opportunity for Kishan and Samson if they can work on making their keeping better than Pant's. It might just be the differentiator that actually keeps them from breaking into the Indian team. In a series where runs have come at such a premium, dropped catches are like pure gold for the op- opposition. Pant is trying his best but at the moment it is certainly not good enough. His constant chatter behind the stumps is funny and you know even a befitting reply to the Aussies who keep trying to rile up the Indians. One of my favorite points in fact is the draw that we will savor for so long 
and a tribute to Rahul Dravid. Hanuma Vihari and Ravi Chandran Ashwin battled out the entire evening session on day 5 to eke out this memorable draw against Australia in the third test. This was on the eve of Dravid's 48th birthday. The duo wore down the Australian bowling by batting for more than 42 overs as India ended up with 334 for 5 in 131 overs and we were chasing a mammoth 407 to win at the SCG. While they were at it, Vihari was battling a torn hamstring and Ashwin had taken quite a few blows to his ribs. The art of test-saving sta- test batsmanship was clearly displayed by Vihari and Ashwin who brought to mind the dogged resistance which was the hallmark of the batting of Rahul Dravid who turned 48 on Monday. Congratulating India for their extraordinary effort, ICC actually wrote this, a fitting birthday gift for Rahul Dravid, an extraordinary display of resistance, fight and patience by India today. Former India batsman and domestic heavyweight Wasim Jafar too was in praise for the Indian team which battled a series of injuries and on-field abuses to earn a remarkable draw. He said, even a half-strength battled, bruised, injured, ridiculed, abused, bio-bubble fatigued India is difficult for a full-strength Australia team to beat at home. No high praise is enough for this Herculean effort. Told you this is a good team. And he summed it up pretty well. This goes to show the kind of character that this team has. The last and final segment has to be India's injuries going into the last and the final test. Ravindra Jadeja was sent in for scans after a hit to the thumb while batting eventually was ruled out with fracture. He won't appear for the fourth test. Rishabh Pant also joined him in the clinic on the same day after a nasty blow to the elbow, but we saw the way he batted and he will be available for the fourth test. Ashwin and Vihari were also injured owing to a back and hamstring injury and with Bumrah also facing some abdominal strains India is quite down on resources there was also news of Mayank Agarwal being injured but we will see him in the fourth test now it becomes important to see if the management is actually managing injuries well what is happening why is there a growing incidence of injuries this has to be evaluated many people also joked how India would struggle to put a proper playing 11 for the fourth test But India doesn't need to fret. We do have replacements in the form of Natarajan, who will be coming in, Washington Sundar, and Mayank Agarwal too, who will be replacing Bumrah, Ashwin, Vihari, respectively. Now, Kuldeep would have been an interesting addition, you know, to add uh, variations with respect to the bowling. But then, when we get someone like a Washington Sundar, this means you are just adding depth to your batting, and Sundar is obviously a better option on that front, and his spin will be handy. Now India is already without our premier bowlers Mohammad Shami, Umesh Yadav and Ishan Sharma with even KL Rahul getting ruled out while Kohli is on his paternity leave but our bench strength is proving that they can carry out their best and even with the absence of these legendary set of players we still can put up a big fight Justin Langer also pointed out to the not ideal timing of the IPL 2020 that's owing to this growing injury list and said that if you're having more injuries or the trend is more than the usual then you got to review it maybe this is food for thought with this i come to an end with the episode 
I'd like to thank you all for ardently supporting the blog and the podcast. It gives me the strength and the zeal to keep working and deliver quality content to you all. A heartfelt thank you. Do check out at the rate never on the back foot on Instagram for latest facts, trivia, quizzes, terminology and a lot more. The podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast and a lot of other platforms. So please do spread the word. Also, feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions for the already published episodes and recommendations for future topics. Do share this widely and your support is really appreciated. See you next time listeners. Cheers. Stay safe and take care. Bye for now.